Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Friday morning at Wax, and you drive around the country right now, and it is God's country. As boy, these colors. I thought it was going to be a dull fall, but boy, more and more you wait, the more beautiful the colors are on the trees, and hopefully it'll continue that way. Good morning, Friday morning on Wax. Bob and Jill with you. You've seen a lot of pretty colors around too, haven't you? I have. Boy, that run down to Granton and Nielsville on Wednesday. I guess I went. Those trees were just gorgeous. Yeah, going back and forth on the interstate to uh, to Madison for Dairy Expo, going down. They were turning, coming back. They're turning more. So might not be a bad weekend to drive around and take a look at the fall colors because they're going to be nice. It's going to be nice weather, too, in the 60s, Saturday and Sunday. Low 60s, but partly sunny. Good time to drive around, but uh, take your time. If you get off the main roads, be careful of farm equipment friday morning at wax lots of chores to do world dairy expo is moving on we'll uh share some more information and talk to a couple of young ladies from over in the marshfield area that have been showing over there very uh, successfully the uh, doors horse sisters we'll talk to them in a little while world forage analysis super bowl lots of folks from our area entering and doing very very well We'll share some of those names and the categories they were in as well. Lots to talk about this morning as the show goes on. Milk Source Genetics, very successful in the red and white Holstein show yesterday. Now the black and white Holsteins take over the uh, colored shavings in the Coliseum, and they'll name that champion uh, later on, I suppose, early this afternoon. Then about uh, 3, 4 o'clock this afternoon, the Supreme Champion Dairy Animal of North America at World Dairy Expo will be named at this 55th annual World Dairy Expo. Did you ever get down there? You must have went down there as a student and things like that, didn't you? Yeah, I went down as a student. A lot of a few FFA, years ago. Yeah, yeah, a lot of FFA chapters have been down there this week, and it's been a, a good week. Attendance has been up, I think, about 2,500 uh, head of cattle are there, many from 
Canada, visitors from all over the world, and weather has been spectacular down there. Cooled off like it has here the last day or so, but uh, still beautiful, beautiful weather and a wonderful show it has been at World Dairy Expo. So the 55th Expo will wrap up a little bit later on today. We'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, also we'll take a look at uh, some of the other news in agriculture. The Class 3 price is out for uh, the September price. If you didn't catch that, we'll update that for you. And uh, shippers declared, what did they declare? They declared fourth Force Mazur. Force Mazur. I had to look it up <laughs> to see how to say it. How do you say it again? Force Mazur. Okay, that's <laughs> the fourth different way you said it. So, <laughs> so we'll see. But what what that we'll means see. is yeah. What does it mean? That's the, the main shipping. Thing. The low waters in the Mississippi is out of their control, and they're not able to ship okay. and fill contracts. So that's a concern. Uh, talk about drought out west, but again, hitting the Mississippi River as well. So we got lots to do, and of course, Brent will be here. Brent Wink on our program covering the crops with Brent. Uh, Winfield United bringing us that, so it's busy on a Friday morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Kind of cool today, 49 and partly sunny, then partly sunny Saturday through Tuesday. In fact, by Tuesday, looks like we're going to get back into the 70s, about 74 and about 30 overnight. I don't see any real hard frosts in here over the next uh, night or two, getting down into the mid-20s, low-20s. Haven't seen any of that, but uh, we'll check with Mike Dandry a little bit later on and see for sure. He's the expert. He does that uh, all the time. So, again, about 49 for the high today. We'll leave the convertible in the garage today. But uh, it's a very, well, I guess we can say kind of a pleasant 38 degrees in the Chippewa Valley right now. And like I said, I didn't see anything real cold. I didn't see Madison, some Prairie, 37 and a few flurries. Wow. Show the line. You gotta need it pretty soon. About a minute after five, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX. So let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden says Russian President Vladimir Putin is not joking when it comes to using nuclear weapons. Biden made the comments at a New York fundraiser, saying the world is facing its biggest nuclear threat since the Cuban Missile Crisis. He added that he doesn't think Putin is lying because his military is, you might say, significantly underperforming. People convicted of simple possession of marijuana are ready to receive a pardon from President Biden. More from Mark Mayfield. The president's action applies to everybody who has a conviction on that charge at the federal level. Biden wants governors to take the same action at the state level. The president is also asking administration officials, including the attorney general, to review how marijuana is classified under federal law. I'm Mark Mayfield. The president's action is getting mixed reactions. GOP nominee for Massachusetts governor Jeff Deal called the plan dangerous and outrageous. 
The United Nations Human Rights Council has rejected a motion for a debate on allegations of human rights abuses by China against Uyghurs and other Muslims. The motion led by the U.S., Canada, Britain, and other Western nations failed on a vote of 19 against and 17 in favor and 11 abstentions. Pakistan is one of the nations that voted against the motion, citing the risk of alienating China. Tesla is starting production of its electric semi-commercial trucks three years behind schedule. Tesla CEO Elon Musk tweeted on Thursday that PepsiCo will get the first deliveries on December 1st. You're listening to NBC News Radio. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. You pretty excited about that marijuana deal? You bet. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see uh, see if folks, you know, vote because of that. Young people. I well, young people, old people, whoever's been using it yeah. behind the curtain. Well, maybe medical marijuana, you know. You know, they talk about medical marijuana and, you know, you can get a prescription, I guess. I don't know. I never got it, but... Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the reaction of the voting public here in a few weeks is, that's for sure. But looks like it uh, for first-time offenders or casual users, not a problem. Six minutes after five, weather a little cool today, partly sunny, 49, about 30 overnight tonight, and then warming up again. Saturday, Sunday, Monday in the 60s, partly sunny. Tuesday, looks like the warm day again. 74, partly sunny on Tuesday. Maybe a chance of rain on Wednesday. 38 right now in Rice Lake, 32 in Medford, 36 in Wausau, Marshfield, 34. Lacrosse, 38, Green Bay, 39, Madison, Sun Prairie, 37, with a few flurries being reported around Madison. Milwaukee's at 45, and it's 38 right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, let's get out the markets on a Friday morning. Boy, it's been a quick week. It seems like uh, I haven't even been here. <laughs> <laughs> Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us the markets. And Jill, the livestock numbers on a Friday. Choice bed beef steers are 142 to 163 with mixed at 115 to 142. Choice fed beef heifers are 143 to 159 with mixed at 110 to 142. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 127 to 137 with select and silage-fed steers at 72 to 126. Cows are 65 to 105. Bulls are 72 to 111. Butcher hogs are 71 to 86 with sows at 43 to 63. Boars are 20 to 25. Shorn market lambs are a dollar to a dollar five. Unshorn market lambs are 92 to 105. Feeder lambs are 75 to 205. Ewes are seventy to a dollar. Small goats are twenty-five to one hundred twenty dollars. Medium goats are fifty to two hundred fifty dollars. With large goats at fifty to three hundred fifty dollars, and those nanny goats at twenty-five to two hundred forty-five dollars. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures were mixed. October live cattle were higher, up sixty-five cents at the close, one forty-five thirty-two. December down a nickel at one forty-seven eighty-seven. February down twelve at one fifty-one sixty-two, and April cattle. Down 17 at 155.80. Feeder cattle were down across the board. October feeders 175.72, down 82. November 176.42. That was down 90. 
January 177.85 down 22. March 179.90 down a nickel in April at 183.82. That was down seven. Lean hog carcass contracts, they finished higher yesterday. October at 92.37 up 157. December at 77.77 up 127. February at 80.30 up a dollar 42. And April at 85.62 up a dollar 10. Board of Trade was mostly lower poor export sales, the reason, and December corn overnight down a fraction, 675. Oats down three at 393. December wheat up six overnight at 885. November beans down a fraction at 1357. Meal unchanged for December, $393.40 a ton. Dairy market prices mostly higher. Barrel cheese up two and three quarters to 225. Blocks up three quarters at 203 a pound. Great double A butter up two and three quarters at three twenty six and three quarters. October class three unchanged twenty two eleven. November up a dime at twenty one ninety four. December up a nickel at twenty one thirty four. January up one at twenty eighty. February unchanged twenty sixty five. Those prices unchanged to a little bit higher through summer, and we'll share the uh, September class three with you here in just a few minutes. Ten and a half minutes after five o'clock. We're going back to World Dairy Expo. We'll talk to a couple of young ladies from over in central Wisconsin that were busy showing their cattle at the show this week at World Dairy Expo in Madison. Don't forget, Dairy Expo will wrap up this afternoon, yeah, on a Friday. Normally it's been Saturday, but now they're wrapping her up on a Friday. They changed the schedule, and people I talked to, everybody seemed happy. So it uh, looks like uh, they made a good decision down there. But, again, we'll talk to a couple of young ladies from Marshville coming up 11 minutes after 5, 38 degrees right now. I've only got up to about 49 today, partly sunny. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. World Dairy Expo has exhibitors from all over North America, including from Marshfield. And the Doors Horse Sisters are with us from Forward Genetics in Marshfield. Emma is with us first, and Emma... Madison's uh, pretty close to you right now, closer in Marshfield, isn't it? Tell us about it. Yeah, so I'm actually a sophomore studying dairy science and vocal performance at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, I'm having a great time learning so many things, and it's very convenient that it's right next to World Dairy Expo. But that means you're not close to the cows very often, but uh, you guys do have on the farm kind of joint ownership of these cows. How does that work with you and your siblings? That's correct. All four of my siblings and I, we own all of our animals together collectively. So we all put in the work. We all show them together. Uh, We take turns showing cows, so we all get to work with every one of them. So who got to draw or got the short straw to show at World Dairy Expo? How many of you are actually showing down at Expo? So this year it's just Claire and myself. I've been showing Blossom since she was a winter calf, so she has a special place in my heart, and I've really enjoyed exhibiting her. And so we just thought that it was the most appropriate that we all put the work in, but I'm going to show her this year. And you showed her right away on Monday at the International Junior Holstein Show. And First of all, tell us what Blossom's all about, how old she is now, and, uh, you know, she's classified pretty good. So Blossom is an age cow. She's six years old. She's had five calves. Um, she's classified excellent 93. And, yeah, she's really, really special to me. So how'd you do on the show on Monday? So we won our class in the International Junior Hosting Show. We were first bred and owned. We were a champion of the bred and old hosting show. And then we were honorable mention of the senior cow show. When you came in, did you expect to do that good? You knew you had an excellent cow, obviously. I did not. I was honestly just felt privileged to be able to even show on the colored shavings. I um, 
it was a wonderful experience. I was hoping top 10, uh, but yeah, it was just a privilege to be able to get to this level and, and compete with cows that are just as good. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, Sister Claire is with us. And Sister Claire, you got a chance to uh, show, and you, as we're speaking, you haven't really been in the show ring yet. So what are you going to be showing? I'm going to be showing my heifer winter in the winter yearling show. What's winter all about as far as uh, her pedigree and her quality compared to Blossom, maybe? She is doorman, and her mother is Twinkle, one of our old cows. So she's pretty good pedigree, too. Yes. So what are her strengths? What would you say is her strengths as a, as a winter yearling? She has a very good set to her leg and a very good frame. So uh, have you shown on the colored shavings before? Yes, I have for showmanship. So what's it like for you? This is going to be a little different than showmanship. This is going to be judging the calf, so maybe not as much pressure on you as a showman. But uh, what's it like to be out there? Because most people don't get on the colored shavings. It's very thrilling. It's so much fun. You're a little nervous to begin with, but overall, it's an amazing experience. So with uh, Emma gone to Madison now, have you guys had to pick up the slack a little bit as far as chores and, uh, you know, joint ownership and taking care of Blossom? Does she get special treatment at home? She lives on a different farm with all of her other cows, but otherwise, all of her Holsteins and our heifers are at our house. And we work together as a team, and it goes very smoothly. So how many shows do you guys show at during the course of the year? We show about at three shows throughout the whole year. Oh, here, Marshfield, where else? Um, we showed at Central Wisconsin State Fair, State Fair and District Show. Oh, that's great. So are you all set? You got her ready to go into the show ring as we're speaking? Yes. Good luck. Thank you. And again, those are the Doors Horse Sisters, Claire and Emma, as they were showing their Holsteins at World Dairy Expo. I didn't uh, see how Claire did in the show ring with her uh, with her heifer, but as we said, Emma did awfully good with Blossom. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock, farm news. We got uh, milk prices and challenges on the Mississippi River. Lots to talk about. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock. Again, nice day. Partly sunny today. About 49 for the high. And uh, like I said earlier, we're going to go out and take a look at the fall colors. It's going to be nice. First chance of rain. Not until about Wednesday. Joe, what's going on? Well, yesterday, Ingram Barge Company, one of our largest barge shippers, declared force masseur which means that the low water levels in the Mississippi River, a fact that is beyond anyone's control, are preventing the barge company from shipping contracted goods, leaving those contracts unfulfilled. Time will tell what effect this will have on the grain shipments that usually travel down the Mississippi. I know we just heard from Trucker John, and he said he's been hauling an awful lot of grain across the Mississippi, so they're already feeling the effects. The Class Three milk price was announced on Wednesday. For September, Class 3 milk was $19.82 a hundredweight. That's down 28 cents from August, but $3.29 higher than September 2021. Class 3 milk prices peaked at a record high of $25.21 in May, but have been on a steady downward fall to the current lowest price in 2022. The average Class 3 milk price so far this year is $22.23 per hundredweight. And according to the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service, the all-hay price averaged $128 per ton in August. 
That's $4 below July prices and $31 lower than August 2021. Alfalfa hay in August was $141 per ton, $3 below July prices and $31 below last August. Prices received for hay classified in the other hay category averaged $94 per ton in August, then $10 below last month, and $19 below August 2021. And while we were at World Dairy Expo, we had a chance to talk to folks from the National Hay Association, also folks from the Canadian Hay and Forage Association, and we'll get an update from them on what they see as far as uh, hay supplies, hay going going on as far as uh, the crop size, looking ahead to next year with maybe some water challenges. We'll, uh, we'll hear those in, in uh, coming days. So a lot's going on as far as the, the hay industry is concerned, both in this country and north of the border in Canada. Nineteen and a half minutes after five, besides World Area Expo, this is National 4-H Week, and we'll get an update on 4-H around Wisconsin coming up right here on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Starting to wrap up National 4-H Week. Opportunity for all. The theme this year, Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And, of course, the uh, 4-H clubs and county committees around the state get help and guidance from the 4-H Foundation. And, uh, Charity, you understand uh, how 4-H works in Wisconsin. What's the update from the foundation? Well, like you said, 4-H is the nation's largest youth development organization with more than 6 million members and over 90,000 clubs. So that's a lot of people for the foundation to help. And at its heart, 4-H is very similar to the organization from 108 years ago. The basis was experiential learning then, and it is just that today. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Brenda Scheider, executive director of the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation, shares more about how 4-H has evolved from when it started in the early 1900s to now and the impact that it has on people throughout the state, regardless of where they live. At its heart, 4-H is very similar to the organization from 108 years ago. The basis for 4-H was experiential learning then, and it's certainly experiential learning now. And what that means is learn by doing. Kids 108 years ago, when 4-H started in Wisconsin, were learning by doing, and that's what kids are doing across the state of Wisconsin today. But beyond that, certainly 4-H has grown with its depth and breadth of program offerings. Kids can explore projects based in arts and communications, in science, in technology, in any number of activities and thoughts and ideas. And that's what really is great about 4-H. It's not one thing. It's many things, but it's all based in learning and developing skills, both hard skills as well as the soft skills like confidence and leadership and public speaking that will help our kids to be the leaders of the future. The pandemic really impacted how 4-H clubs work, but they still pushed through. How did you persevere so that members could still reap the benefits of 4-H during that time? The one thing that is true for all 4-H'ers is that they're resilient and it was never more apparent than in 2020 during the pandemic when kids had to pivot where 4-H groups had to pivot and figure out a way that kids could continue to have experiences but do it in a safe environment and so we're coming out of that pandemic learning a couple of things and that is that kids still want to get together they want to have the social aspect of 4-H and so 4-H clubs and county activities and state activities and even nationally and internationally 
actually are returning to in-person activities and events and meetings. And that's really helped to bolster the 4-H experience for our kids. We're also learning that there is a place for virtual activities as well in areas across the state where transportation is an issue, in activities where kids can connect with other kids that they wouldn't otherwise be able to. There is a place for virtual programming as well. And so what we learned through 2020 is that we can take the best of both experiences and meld it together so that kids have a really strong opportunity to learn and to grow individually as well as within a group. How is enrollment now in 4-H post-pandemic and what do you see the future of 4-H looking like? We certainly are seeing a comeback from pandemic years where membership lit. I think all youth-serving organizations would tell you the same story and that is 2020 was a difficult year for our kids. They disengaged and they stopped attending activities and really kind of retreated and we're seeing a resurgence of interest in 4-H across the state and membership is back on the rise and we of course want that to continue because this program really benefits our kids not only as they're going through the program but also for their lifetime. They're learning the skills that will make them successful adults and so we are seeing a rise in enrollment. Our enrollment year for 2022-2023 just kicked off just a few weeks ago and so it's exciting to see the number of new members that are coming on board and the number of new clubs that are being created and the number of new county programs and state programs that will help to support those kids and to provide them with that educational opportunity. What is the benefit of being in 4-H that you see since you are in that leadership role as the executive director and what are you seeing from members? I was a 4-H member back about a thousand years ago and my experience as a new 4-H'er was that I was valued as a member and I was a nine-year-old kid in a room full of much older kids and very much intimidated and what struck me is something that still sticks with me today is that you know my voice was heard my vote was counted when we took vote when I gave my talk or my demonstration in front of the group they all listened and paid attention to this nine-year-old kid and it really gave me a lot of confidence it gave me a sense of community and it really launched me into a situation where I felt like the world was my oyster and I could do anything that I wanted if I set my mind to it and I think that that experience that I had is very similar to the experiences that many other 4-H alumni and current 4-Hers have. And that is 4-H allows you to have a voice. It allows you to explore. It allows you to succeed. And frankly, it allows you to fail in a very safe environment. You learn what our opportunities are and you learn what are your strengths and you learn to overcome any challenges. And those lessons learned are important, not just years ago, but they're important today and they're going to be important in the future. And that's what 4-H can bring to the table. 4-H is allowing kids to learn and to grow in a safe environment and it allows them to learn skills that they're going to be using for the rest of their lives. How are you encouraging people to be involved in 4-H with today's youth being three to even five generations removed from the farmer? even knowing somebody that is farming. 4-H is very important, not just in the rural area, but also in our urban areas as well. 4-H has a relevancy that surpasses geographics and goes beyond your home situation. And that's really the important message. 4-H is not a rural program. It absolutely has its root in our rural communities, but there's a great benefit for kids from across the state in being part of 4-H. And one of those benefits is learning how to be the best person that you can be, to be capable and confident and resilient and all of those other things that are allowing our kids to learn and grow and to be the best person that they can be. And that is across the state, not just within our rural communities. So to that end, 
4-H programming has been really targeting kids that don't have a rich 4-H heritage. We call them first-generation 4-Hers, and it's really interesting to watch these kids learn and grow within the 4-H community. And it's not just the kids, but it's the adults as well that are learning and growing as well right alongside their kids. But that is the reality uh, across the state is that 4-H is growing in communities that haven't traditionally been served by 4-H. Certainly the best way to become involved in 4-H is to start at the local level with a club or an after-school group or what we call a spin club, which is a special interest group. Those are ways that kids can get involved regardless of where they're from, regardless of whether they've got a rural background or whether they have an urban background. There's something for everyone in 4-H, and we certainly are excited about the opportunities that are being presented to our young people. And again, it's National 4-H Week, and a great, great organization that has been for over 100 years. Brenda Scheider talking about that right here on Wax. we got more to talk about. It's 29 minutes after 5. Morgan's going to join us, get us an update on our news next on Wax. We've got 38 degrees right now. be a nice day, 49, partly sunny, and even nicer over the weekend, back into the 60s, partly sunny. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning. Let's get into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy is with us this morning. Good morning, Morgan. Hey, welcome back from Dairy Expo. What was the takeaway there? Oh, a lot of beautiful cows, beautiful weather. What end of them did you stay on? You didn't see the picture. I did happen to see the picture of you on the uh, the service end of one of those cows. Well, I'm always I'm always there to help. That's All right. Hey, what uh, being from Boyceville, uh-huh. this uh, announcement by President Biden about uh, the marijuana, the marijuana thing. Yep. They might throw out the pickle festival and go to the gold celebration, the Boyceville gold celebration, won't they? Oh, I think there's discussion right now about changing the school colors. Yes, from <laughs> purple and white to uh, green and gold. There yeah, you go. Throw that. Uh, <laughs> I'll see how many people are affected. Well, we'll see. Well, if you start doing that, a lot of people will be affected. That's what I suspect as well. Uh, What else is going on? Well, from 715 Newsroom and Headlines, we're going to start and keep those headlines pretty close to us this morning to begin. And that's an update from the court. Now, formal charges against the Tennessee man accused of kidnapping a girl from Holcomb. With 715 Newsroom coverage sounded like this. Prosecutors yesterday filed kidnapping, sexual assault, strangulation, and burglary charges against 22-year-old Trevor Blackburn. Chippewa County Sheriff's Office says he drove from Tennessee to Chippewa County last weekend and snatched a 15-year-old girl from her home. The two had been talking online. Blackburn's being held on a million dollars bond and looking at 60 years in prison if he's found guilty. I'm John DeMaster. Continuing in the courts, but in another part of our state, we've made multiple visits to Waukesha this week and will continue an update when yesterday afternoon, the assistant Waukesha DA, attorney Zachary Wichow, began presenting the case against Daryl Brooks in last November's attack on the Waukesha Christmas Parade. Sounded like this. In the end, Mr. Brooks killed six people. He injured dozens more and left a permanent scar on this community. We are going to present evidence to you over the next several days in chronological phases, in order of events, from start to end. Brooks, who is representing himself in court, was again repeatedly disruptive while the judge delivered jury instructions. At one point, he claimed to have seen one of the jurors giving him the finger. 
We're going to look a little bit closer at a decision from a judge that affects voters in Wisconsin. You wouldn't get a do-over if you've turned a ballot in. A judge in Waukesha yesterday overruled the Wisconsin Elections Commission guidance that people can vote a second time if they've changed their mind. Wisconsin law allows voters to, quote, spoil a ballot and get a second ballot, but the judge says that applies before voters turn ballots in. Once that happens, the judge ruled, those votes are final. The issue became a problem in August. That's when a number of Democratic candidates for U.S. Senate ended up dropping out of the race, but it still appeared on the ballot. And a nice little feel-good here as a World War II veteran in Battle Creek has re-enlisted for his 100th birthday. Retired Air Force Colonel Frank Walker says retired Colonel Bob Munin made the request. That just tells you. He had served in the U.S. Army in World War II and re-enlisted in the U.S. Air Force in 1953, worked 49 years for the Defense Department. Then he went on to to work uh, in the Department of Defense for 49 years. Then, every time I came out here, he was in a World War II hat, proud of his service. So, what else can we do? And he was given a key to the city in Battle Creek as well. And uh, 100 years, what a way to celebrate. Sending you back to the barn with Bob, Jill. I do believe Brent Wink is in today, too. You got the whole crew there in the Absolutely. Midwest Farm Show. Yeah. We're ready to go. You do. You need a bigger pitchfork. That's Some taller right. boots in there, I think. I need a bigger pooper pan, that's for sure. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, you bet, Bob. Anytime. All right, there goes Morgan in the newsroom. We'll find out about the weather for this weekend. If you want to go combining or chopping corn, they're driving around looking at the colors. We'll find out. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. A little cool this morning and today, but I think it's going to get better. Let's find out. Mike Dandria is over in the weather room at Skywarn 13, courtesy of Chippewa Valley Bean this morning. And just one cool day for right now, and then it's going to be nice, huh? Yeah, we'll have a cool morning tomorrow, but, uh, you know, aside from that, we'll start to see more sunshine tomorrow, and, well, that'll help warm us up. But let's get through today because, again, it'll be a little cooler, upper 40s for our highs, and we're kicking off into the mid-30s, so it is, again, a rather chilly start. For some of those Friday night lights, you may want to uh, break out your favorite flannel uh, as we'll have lows around the freezing point, some places into the upper 20s later on this evening as well. But tomorrow, more sunshine, and we'll be rather breezy with winds out of the west. Otherwise, temperatures getting into the upper 50s and low 60s. Even warmer Sunday, more sunshine, low 60s for our highs. Monday, very similar to Sunday. And then Tuesday, actually getting a little bit warmer. More sunshine, low breezy, winds out of the south, and highs getting into the low 70s potentially. And then Wednesday, we'll have a chance at some showers working in mid-60s for our highs. And that uh, kick starts a cool down, much like we saw this week. And next Thursday, highs only into the low 50s, despite a good bit of sunshine. But right now, we have a few clouds and a temperature of 35 degrees in Eau Claire. Ah, nice night for football. Wear a sweatshirt and you're good to go. Oh, absolutely. The kids are going to love it. Absolutely. It's going to be a nice weekend. So uh, get out and enjoy things. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. You too, Bob. Have a good weekend. There he goes, Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 with our weather. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We have markets coming up. Brent is here and uh, some things going on around the area. Of course, as we've been uh, talking about, World Dairy Expo will wrap up later today. National 4-H week also has been there this past week, so that'll be wrapping up. But uh, a lot of other things going on. Hey, who wants pizza? Stanley Fire and EMS having a fundraising event on Saturday tomorrow at Martino's Restaurant from 11 until 10 p.m. 
Have Stanley's Fire and EMS personnel take your orders, make your pizza, and uh, wait on tables. You can dine in or carry out. Bring the kids because the fire trucks will be there to look at and explore. They crawl around on the fire trucks. Plus goodies for the kids, including getting to wear a real fire hat and sit in the trucks. All proceeds go to the local fire and EMS departments there in Stanley. So join Stanley's Fire and EMS fundraising event tomorrow at Martino's. It's the pizza event, 11 11 in the morning until 10 o'clock tomorrow night at Martino's. Stanley Fire and EMS. Joe, what else? The Wisconsin Women in Conservation is having a meeting. The Northwest Region meeting is today, 3.30 to 6.30. That's at the Creamery Inn in Downsville. We've got the Wisconsin, the Farmers Union annual meeting in busy place in Don County. And that's also today. That's from 6 to 8 p.m. in Menominee. Nonic Brewing in Menominee. Tomorrow, the Kids and Cows Family Day is happening in Barron County at the Barron County Fairgrounds in Re- Rice Lake. That's registration starts at 7 o'clock or 7.30, goes till 9 o'clock. They're going to have ed- educational workshops and showmanship. That's beef cows. That's beef cows. All right, so don't uh, don't take your dairy cattle there tomorrow. <laughs> no, and if you don't have a calf, they'll have some calves available for you. All right, so some things going on around the area. Markets, lots more coming up. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, things uh, going on around the area. And uh, again, once again, we want to uh, spend along this information from the uh, World Dairy Expo. More breed champions crowned yesterday at Expo. The International Airshire Show, a four-year-old cow, Ruthless, from Iowa, took home the championship. In the Red and White Holstein Show, cows from Milk Source Genetics over in Kakana were named both Grand and Reserve champions at the show what a display they have down there. Milk Source is unbelievable. They really, really make it first class. They really do a good job. Expo will end later today, of course. The selection of the Supreme Champion Dairy Cow of North America. That'll be about, oh, 4 o'clock this afternoon as we look at the news calendar and markets on wax. Save fuel and add power to your equipment with Chippewa Ag Solutions. ChippewaAg.com. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 35 degrees. It'll warm up to about 49 and back into the 60s over the weekend. 74 or so on Tuesday. We've got markets coming up. We'll look at the livestock numbers. But speaking of livestock, Joe, we just got a phone call. We're just checking out uh, some interesting things happened up there in Medford with the rodeo grounds. There are. And it actually was just posted 14 hours ago. So the Rice Bull Riding Company has bought the Medford Rodeo Grounds. All right, so the old K-Bar Ranch and Arena Medford Rodeo Grounds. Uh, again, a lot of good rodeos and events up there. And the Rice Bull Riding Company, I'm not sure where they're out of, but uh, they will now be taking over that grounds in uh, Medford and uh, just Rice Bull Riding Company. I assume we'll have some events uh, in that area coming up. Well, let's go to the markets. Where are we going? 
Let's go to Equity Altoona and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers Neffers dollar twenty to a dollar forty five. Choice dairy cross steers Neffers dollar twenty to a dollar forty four. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar thirty one to a dollar forty. Choice Holstein steers a dollar eighteen to a dollar thirty. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar seventeen and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from seventy nine to ninety three. We had a top of one oh two and a half on a high yielding fleck bay cow. 60% of the cows sold from 53 to 78. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 52 and down. Cow bulls sold from 85 to $1.05. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $120 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $210 per head. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, October 7th. This will be our 100th anniversary feeder sale. We're expecting three to 400 head of feeders as well as bred beef cows and cow-calf pairs. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to the upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And more markets and sale barn. Let's go over to the Stratford barn. And Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. A nice crisp morning here. About 34 degrees, so I don't think it froze. But it's, it's fall, so it's time. Yeah, it is. And, it uh, really is. And the colors are just beautiful. So if folks got time or whatever, boy, I tell you what, drive around a little bit, Colors are, I think, at their peak right about now. Yeah, they're really looking nice. That is for sure. Well, how nice have the prices been this week over at Stratford? Well, we'll tell the folks about the market. Bob, thank you, and a good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford on the cow market. Uh, cows were on a weaker trend at the end of the week here, mostly uh, pretty much on a steady two-week trend all week. Yesterday, the high-yielding, uh, fleshy Holstein cows were selling from 72 to 81. Uh, extreme top this week on the cow market uh, on some very high-yielding beef cows, and they topped out at 95 on Wednesday's auction. Uh, most of the cows this week sold from 52 to 72. Thinner cows, light carcass cows, below the $50 money. On the bull trade this week, better quality bulls are from 92 to 112. Extreme top of the bulls at 115 and a half. Lighter bulls below 90. On the fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers uh, selling mostly from a uh, dollar 18 to a dollar 32. High yielding choice strictly prime Holsteins from 132 to 138. Select grading cattle under finished cattle 115 and below. Now, on the calf market, uh, also a weaker trend on the bull calves yesterday as compared to earlier in the week. Uh, yesterday's close on the bull calves, those good quality calves weighing 9,230 pounds, selling from 40 to 120. Again, on Monday's auction, a lot of bull calves uh, from 130 up to a top of 175. Heifer calves this week, pretty limited, 30 and below. Beef calves on the close yesterday, 150 to 300. And again, the Top quality beef calves did, of course, top on Monday's auction at 370. And I uh, just want to take a look at our sales schedule for next week, full marketing week on tap. Our next uh, two, our next uh, hay auction will be next Tuesday. Next feeder cattle sale will be uh, next uh, Wednesday. And also, uh, I'm thinking, Bob, next Monday, uh, October 10th will be a federal holiday or national holiday, whatever you want to say. But, uh, folks, Equity Stratford will be open Monday, so don't worry about all that. So full marketing week on tap next week. So with that, I guess that's what we have for this weekend. Uh, Bob, I'll turn it back to you and uh, all kinds of stuff going on for us baseball fans. Four games today, so. Yeah, we can put our feet up and we don't have to worry. 
Uh-huh. We can put our feet up and don't have to worry about who wins. We just watch the ball games. And and where's your alma mater going to be playing this week? Down or? in Northwestern. Hopefully uh, they'll perform a little bit better with a new coach. But uh, time will tell. Hey, you have a good weekend, Jer. Bob, you also. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you guys on Monday morning. There he goes. Mr. Fitzgerald over at Stratford. Take a look at the rest of our markets. Board of Cray Little Lori yesterday. Poor export sales. Corn overnight down a fraction, six seventy five. The oats down three at three ninety three. December wheat up six overnight at eight eighty five. November beans down a fraction, thirteen fifty seven. Meal unchanged at three ninety three forty. Country elevator prices: wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location. Corns at six fifteen with soybeans at twelve eighty eight. Doomer's Grain of Holman, corn's at 605 with soybeans at 1258. On the DTN screen at Golden Plump, corn 640 a bushel today. Baldwin 615, beans 1278. 605 for the corn in Duran, 1268 on the beans. Mondovi, the corn is 610, beans 1278. Elmwood 615 and 1283 at Fall Creek, $6 a bushel for corn 1253 for the beans. Osseo 620 and 1283 at Elk Mound. Soybeans at 1278. Sparta 623 and 1269. Corn at Ellsworth 595. Beans 1253. And at the ethanol plants of Boyceville 620. The only report from ethanol this morning. Barrel cheese up two and three quarters, 225. The blocks up three quarters, 203. Butter up two and three quarters, 326 and three quarters. October class three unchanged 2211. November up a dime at 2194. December up a nickel, 2134. January of a penny at 2080. February unchanged at 2065. It's a Friday morning at Wax. That means Brent Wink is with us. And that means it's time to cover the crops. Brought to you by Winfield United. And coming back from Madison uh, late yesterday afternoon, Brent saw a lot of combines in the cornfield. So it's getting going. You saw corn coming out down there as well? Yes, let me get your mic on. Yeah, I saw oh. corn coming out down there as well. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's a busy time. We got a nice run of weather, and that's kind of where I was going to go this morning. Well, we're, go there. Our our own answer plot crews have been making their rounds. They finished up corn silage harvest here last week, and then we're starting to see some of the soybeans get harvested and actually starting to even see some corn plots coming through. But wanted to just touch on some soybean plot data uh, haven't gotten anything out of Wisconsin, but just over in uh, Minnesota side, we're starting to see some stuff coming off. Just highlight, uh, actually, one variety that I know Alcivia and Synergy are both going to have in bulk tanks. But over in Minnesota, we had uh, Cropland 1522 soybeans. They're an Enlist soybean, a Group 1.5 soybean. And we kind of, when we made the change from uh, to the Enlist system, when you try to breed new traits into soybeans, you kind of go through some struggles. So some of the very first enlist soybeans maybe didn't measure up to some of the genetics that we had uh, been accustomed to, but we're really starting to see some good things out of the newer enlist soybeans. So what we really look for is consistency. You know, you always want to talk about plot winners, but I like to focus more on varieties that are always at or near the top. So the 1522s, we had a plot over in Wabasso, Minnesota. That's just west of Mankato. Uh, they were came in first place in that plot at 74 bushel. Truman, Minnesota, they were third place at 94 bushel. Um, Miniota, kind of out by Montevideo, between Montevideo and Brookings, South Dakota, 77 bushel beans there. And then Lesseur, uh that's kind of between Mankato and St. Paul, 74 bushel. So top three finishes 
in four of those plots out there. And we're kind of seeing that kind of consistent, consistently across that. So we'll get the, the more regional plot data harvested and uh, results out soon. Again, some of the early corn yields, we had some plots in South Dakota. I was actually very surprised. I know that area pretty well. My wife's and her family are from there. And seeing some corn plot data coming off with, Almost 200 bushel corn at 15% moisture. So, Boy, that's been a dry area, too. Yeah, just to see that kind of yields coming out of some of those areas. So uh, I think all in all, we're, we're seeing some pretty impressive yields. Some of the areas that got a little drought stressed, but the heat units that we got this year, especially from July 1st on, I think we're going to see uh, some really nice rewards. So more plot data to come. We should have corn silage data over the next couple of weeks and and uh, maybe highlight some of the corn data that we see uh, next week you got your combine head greased up and ready to go you know we've been working on soybeans i actually took a day off yesterday and sat in the seat myself and uh we probably have we're about a third of the way done with soybeans so hopefully another week of soybeans and uh you know our area in st Croix county they're anywhere from 70 or 80 bushel to 15 bushel uh, yeah. just if if i uh, didn't get the rain but so yeah we've Hopefully, got a good week of running that uh, a lot of beans can get out of the area. All right. Good stuff. Do it safely, my boy. You bet. You two have a great weekend. We'll do our best. Brent Wink with us once again with our Winfield United program covering the crops. 35 degrees right now, partly sunny, high of 49. Enjoy the weekend. It'll get back into the 60s on uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, 74 on Tuesday. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.